Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the show this week. I hope you're in for a bit of an adventure (laughs) because this is a totally different kind of episode, but it's starting to feel more and more relevant to our our life as a collective whole. So um, I was really excited to bring a totally different guest on today. So um, for many, many years now, I have been working with Brittany Serple of the Loving on Purpose um, nonprofit ministry, and she has been helping me with parenting. So I really wanted to change kind of my normal responses to things. I grew up with a lot of like in a kind of a very strict household that was like, my parents are wonderful. It was just very like my way or the highway for them. And it was very like, you're going to do this or else kind of thing. Like, yes, ma'am, no, sir, kind of an environment. And I really wanted to parent a different way and get some really good tools and, um, just learn how to like, I was, I always want to like level myself up, right? It was like a challenge. I wanted to grow. I wanted to be better. And so, um, Brittany has been helping me with parenting and she's also been helping me with just like, like having healthier relationships. So if I have a struggle in um, a friendship or um, like with one of my parents or family members or something like that, I take it to her and she helps me like figure it all out. So I started thinking this could be really cool for us because I think as entrepreneurs, we have a really unique set of challenges that we can have in parenting. And it's not necessarily like the same as everybody else. Like, yes, there are some of the same of like kids talking back or being disrespectful or um, acting out in one way or another, you know, but there's also some really unique scenarios where we are trying to run a side hustle or something from the home. Maybe we need to, may, may need to for income, but the kids are there. There's just different, a whole different set of um, situations that we can encounter. And so I was like, wow, I wonder if Brittany could come onto the podcast and talk to us as parents, like while running our own businesses and, and what some of those challenges can look like. And I hear a lot of you in coaching, like talk about feeling really overwhelmed by the juggle of all these things. I hear, um, uh, you know, issues with having kids like constantly interrupt and not being able to find the time or create the space to be able to get our work done. And then I also hear a lot about guilt, like feeling so guilty that we're taking the time away from the kids, especially like I'll hear it from moms who don't necessarily need the money, but they really like they want the outlet. And so I was like, wow, we need to get some like some parenting goodness going on over here. So, um, Brittany is my parenting coach. She's amazing. The the ministry that she comes from is a Christian ministry, but the content is like you is very secular. Anyone, I always want to be really transparent with you guys. Like you know that I come from a faith background, but this is a, like a otherwise a secular podcast. I encourage my guests to be themselves. I want them to 
be authentic because you guys deserve that. We all, we all deserve that from each other. But I ask for the, you know, like I make sure the content is something that can be applied by anybody. And so what I really love about these guys is that, well, like they may have a, a faith background to it. They're the way that they teach parenting and the way they help solve problems is very practical. It was what really drew me with my very practical brain to them. And um, just the ways of, interfacing with our kids in a really respectful way, but that, you know, translates into non-chaos, <laughs> like non-chaos in the home. We're going for a peaceful home. So um, that is the background. Brittany is one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, she knows more about me than almost anybody other than my therapist. And she has just helped our family so, so, so much. And the ministry as well, like all their resources, they are so prolific. They have a ton of resources. And so I just knew some of you guys are like really need it, like really could use this connection. Um, it's one of those things where like in my day-to-day life, it's my most common referral is like, these are the people that you need. So let me tell you a little bit from her bio. Brittany Serple is an expert in helping parents create strong, positive relationships with their children. Brittany is currently a senior leader at Loving on Purpose, a nonprofit organization dedicated to strengthening relational health, marriages, and families around the world. Along with traveling to speak and teach nationally and internationally at Loving on Purpose events and serving as an instructor for multiple online courses through the Life Academy, Brittany, along with her husband, Ben, provide marriage and family coaching through conferences, online workshops, and one-on-one sessions. She also co-hosts two popular podcasts, The Kylo Show with Danny Silk and Imperfect Parenting. Brittany is also a wife and mother of three, and she is dedicated to living out her belief in the power of loving on purpose. In her work and her personal life, Brittany is a skilled communicator who offers hope-filled solutions for everyday parenting challenges. That is literally perfect. So um, I'm super excited for us to have this convo today and hear her perspective and how she helps families create a healthier household and speak into us a little bit about the struggles, like the unique struggles of a family with entrepreneurship. So y'all, please help me welcome Brittany to the podcast. Yay! Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, I'm here. I made it. Hey, for once, we're not going to be talking about all my problems. Are you excited? <laughs> you know what? We're just, we can talk about my problems if you want today. We could do that. We'll just flip the script. <laughs> oh, I love that. I've probably read most of them because you're so transparent. But I've been really excited to introduce you to my people because they are the loveliest people on the internet. And my guess is they're human and they have children, so they they need you. Awesome. I ha- I'm human and have children. We could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> your stories and and you know what I, okay I'm totally going off script for a second here because I sit here and I think about how your dad in his books and everything has like shared all of the tea about you growing up mm-hmm. and I, I like wonder what that feels like but then I see that you do it with your kids too um in the loveliest way I don't want yeah. any hate mail people it's like the it's the cutest thing and they come on and they do it too but like how that all transpires I always just wonder what the family dynamic is like are you guys having conversations at home like hey do I have your permission to share this story kind of thing? Well, I think that definitely happens. The first time I ever shared about Delaney's journey, which is my oldest, who's about to be 18 next week. Wild. (laughs) Um, I was in Hawaii. We we came and they flew us, all of us out there for the weekend and let us stay at a beach house. And it was Mother's Day. And I said, can I share some of your story? And what I have, they've heard me say, and other times I've preached um, or my dad's shared a story and they've been there. I've said, whatever 
I can give you from my life that's a victory that helps you be victorious, I'm happy to give. And so that's really what they've grown up around. And that's what I've said. And so what's cool is to listen to Delaney share that same thing, but in her own language. And so actually even in chapter nine or 10, I think I tell her story and I, we, kind of wrote it together. So I wrote it and then I said, okay, I need your edits. I need what's allowed, what's not allowed. And if you want to add anything. And, you know, she cried reading that uh, chapter, which I was sobbing next to her. And she made a few little edits. Um, It was more to clarify uh, some situations. And then she wanted to add that she approved this message and that she wants this to be something that helps families. So I think, you know, part of our family culture creed is that we help families and they just put that on display by being transparent. And again, there's, there's conversations. It's, is it okay? And if it's not, then we hold on to it until it's okay. Or we don't ever share that one. But yeah, I mean, some stories like I share about Lincoln, he's three. He has no memory. I share that story. He goes, that happened? I'm like, it did happen. (laughs) But, you know, it's more about mommy being a jerk than anything about you. So that's why I tell it. No, but I... Um, I love it. And I, I very much have the same thing. Like I want people to know all of the junk so that they can skip it. <laughs> yes. And I tell them, if I can help you avoid the pothole, let me. Yes. Let me fill it in with some gravel so you can just go right over it. Yes. Like marriage, business, kids, whatever you want to know, whatever I can help you prevent. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I Obviously, this is what I do all the time. I just go randomly off script, but I feel like you're so fluent in Lizzie. Right. It's, it's, uh, by now it's cool. So, but for everyone <laughs> listening, I'm really excited because my guess is a great portion of them do not know you yet and are about to get rocked. So I would love to just start like, like, let's start with your story. How did you become a parenting coach? Why did you become a parenting coach? Um, any of that that you want to dive into just to let them get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So um, I work for a nonprofit ministry called Loving on Purpose. My dad started it probably, I don't know, close to 14 years ago. And um, he was known, he has his degree in social work. So I grew up what I thought was normal, but I grew up around in a group home because my parents were group home parents. Um, and then I Grew up with my dad bringing home foster kids who were out of control and had to go somewhere. So it came to our house. So I thought it was normal life until I had conversations with other adults. And I was like, oh, you didn't have someone chase you with a knife when you were seven? I did twice, you know. I don't know. I didn't think I was that weird, you know. Uh, So again, it just is the environment we've always been in is helping people. Um, then my dad became a pastor when I was really young. And so that's like social work on steroids, I think, is you get some real, some crazy families, especially in a small town. So I've been around that my whole life. And um, I fell in love with the story, uh, this the underdog story of when you help somebody and they are hungry to have tools for transformation and then they transform their life and their legacy. And then you watch them have a family and then all of a sudden they're different from generation to generation. So I grew up with that on display. Um, I think that fueled my passion for people, which led me to, I found my husband, he's Aussie. He came to visit, long story short, somehow at 14, I met my husband and we stayed in contact and then got married when I was 18 and he was 19. 
I know, wild. We weren't, couldn't even be high school sweethearts because he didn't live in the same country. So whatever <laughs> that is, but hey, it's great. It's all working out. We've been married for nearly 20 years. October, it'll be 20 years. And um, he has the same passion and love for people. And so between the two of us, extremely different people, uh, we just kind of found our passion and stayed in working and helping the ministry that my dad started. Now it's like transition mode. So more and more, Ben and I are leading this. And my dad's still Mickey Mouse. We call him Mickey Mouse all the time. Like he's the, oh. the head of the company. Everybody wants to see him. Oh I'm like, God. we're Mickey, Minnie, Goofy. That's <laughs> kind of the trio. We joke like <laughs> I'm second up to the people are excited about. But um, but it's it's been a lot of fun. So we, I, I was around this found my passion. I'm good at it. Um, Ben and I had three kids. We had Delaney almost right away. And that, uh, I thought she was going to kill me probably because she came out like me. Uh, that's what my mom likes to tell me. And then I just went to town on how to do this better than even my parents. Um, even though they're fantastic people and they have crazy backgrounds, but they changed their lives and, um, gave us great tools. But had little kids and struggled with mom guilt because for whatever reason, being a mom and staying at home was not enough. I had to go to work. And so here I am leaving my nine month old with a nanny, pretty much making enough to cover the babysitter. But I'm like, it still makes me sane. (laughs) So I like you better when I come home. Um, And just dug my way out of how do I fight mom guilt? How do I fulfill the need to achieve and be successful and how do I help people? So that's what I've been doing in parent coaching and family life coaching and speaking um, all kind of came out of this. How do I be passionate about something and love my family really well and still conquer the world? So that's kind of me in a nutshell as I've been doing that. Um, I wrote a book came out Mother's Day. It's called It's Incredible. Imperfect Parenting, Connection Over Perfection. You can get it on Amazon. It's really just our story. So you get a little bit more of Ben and I and context and chasing after creating a culture that we want to live in and want to protect and all the ways and all the things that happen along the way, all the bumps and lots of stories of heartache, you know, because that's the thing about kids is they break your heart and then you have to survive it and still lead because you're the parent. And um, yeah, so that that's kind of what that book is. It's just a lot of practical real life tools because I think if you don't have a practical example, you're never going to do it. So the self-help books that are like way out there, I'm like, that's nice. This makes me feel good reading it, but I'm not going to do anything. So (laughs) I need real practical help. And that's what I try to make my book. You guys are insanely practical. And that was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's what drew me to you guys in the first place was like the actual, um, I think, I think I, I listened to your dad's book, Keep Your Love On. And that was the first exposure I had. And then I went down such a love and logic spider hole, Mm -hmm. which was so cool, which then took me into the, um, loving our kids on purpose. So what I, yeah, one of the reasons it has been so helpful, I love that we share our faith, but you could work with somebody who didn't and it wouldn't matter at all. It's mm-hmm. so just healthy family, relational boundaries, all of this. Um, I would just love a real quick, how, how did you guys get connected with the, um, uh, I, I, I like loving on purpose and then love and logic. Yeah. How did you get connected with the love and logic people? 
Yeah. Well, that came out of um, when my dad was a social worker. That's what he learned. Because okay. when you have foster kids, you can't spank them. So all these parents were freaking out, like, how do I discipline this kid? Because most a bunch of people he was working with were Christians. And so, you know, that's what Christians use with spanking, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So that's a tool that he had to help them. How do we get something different? So he found Love and Logic um, and brought that into his parenting with us as kids when I was about eight. And that changed our world. I mean, like I, at nine, this this window into how spicy Brittany is. At nine, I told my mom that she was the B word because I got off the bus early with my friend and I wanted to hang out with her and I didn't tell her. And then she spent the whole day searching for me. And when she finally found me, I was mad at her for being mad at me. And I called her the B word. So <laughs> that's, that's how spicy I am. Um, and then, you know, her and I used to have yelling wars at each other. And so until... He introduced these little logic tools that were so different to our normal. We had a pretty chaotic upbringing. And then him and I went and actually got certified in love and logic. I don't know, somewhere around 2009. And we just kind of fold them into what we teach and how we teach. And we just add our own spin and kind of elevate the need for connection a bit heavier than what they do. Probably add a, just different language, same heart, a lot of the same tools. Um, and we're so grateful for them. I give them shout outs in my book throughout the whole thing because um, what I found that they've given us is super helpful. So I love them. You, but you just said exactly like what I love about you guys is this, the concept of like the connection um, over control and mm -hmm. or over perfection at, with your book. I like that was so huge for me because when I was growing up, the way that we were parented was you just do what I said because I said so, and I'm going to get really mad at you and scare the bejesus out of you if you don't comply. Mm -hmm. And so I, I sometimes see that coming out of me and I hate it because it works so much better to just go back to like, for example, my daughter's eight, my son is today, he's nine months old. So we'll see with him. That's going to be mm -hmm. a whole different whatever. But my daughter, very strong-willed, very intelligent. I think she's already smarter than me, but don't tell her. And she comes at me with like, I want to go into control because I'm just like, I don't have time to negotiate this. But I've learned so many great tips. Like you got, I love your concept of the, of the connection over control. So what have you seen are like the main differences in families that govern with fear versus those that seek connection? Like what kind of drew you guys in the other than, I mean, it seems in, in, intuitive, but at the same time it doesn't because so many people are still governing with control. So I'd love your take on like what happens in families with one versus the other. Well, the hard thing is that if you parent out of control and fear, as soon as they're 18, they say peace out, bye, and then you lose all mm. connection. This is why I have a bunch of parents of adult children that long for a relationship, but weren't very kind or loving or created a safe place. They parented out of fear and control. So their 20-year-old kids are like, I don't want you in my life because I don't have oh. to have you in my life. And they're, they're devastated. But I'm like, you created this disconnected relationship because you chose to use fear as a motivator rather than connection. Our greatest place of influence is actually from connection. So we can have a really hard conversation about the way that you're talking or the, the, the things that you're doing, you know, like our daughter right now, she's got a boyfriend 
she's about to be 18. He's about to be 18. They're about to move to the same city away from us. I'm thinking, Lord, what are you doing? Why are we doing this? This feels like a recipe for all the scary things parents don't want to think about. But because we're so connected, I could have real honest conversations. Like, what's your plan? What are you going to do? Like, because, hey, there's not going to be anyone to check in on you or for you to text, say, I'm home, because this is all about you being in freedom and you owning the adult life you're about to embark on. And I'm so excited for you, but let's have some real conversations. Like, what do you say you want to protect and what are you going to do about that? Rather than you can't do that. That's a terrible idea, you know, and act like I can control something that I can't. I think that's the other illusion is a lot of parents think that we can (laughs) control something and we can't. So you tell your toddler, don't you dare do that. And they look at you and do it again. I'm sorry. I don't know if you realize that, but you, you didn't have any control, even though you're hoping you did. But again, what, what you end up producing is you think you have influence. You think you have relationship. If you base everything off of fear and control and punishment, you live in this illusion that you're connected until they gain full access to freedom and they're adults. Then you actually see, do I have any of those things? Do I have permission? Do I have influence? Do I have a relationship? Oh, I don't because all I protected was this illusion that I could control you instead of developing a heart to heart connection that says you're scaring me. I need to feel safe right now. I'm, I'm hurt by the way that you're talking to me because I only have my part of the relationship. They have the other part. And as soon as you can help develop that and them understand that, and the same goes for siblings, like my kids, they still fight. They still call each other names. But for the most part, they really understand that there's two parts to this relationship, their part and then their siblings part. And they work really hard to stay connected because disconnection, I think, is the biggest problem you'll ever have in a home. And if you can fight to protect connection, you can actually have a peaceful, really enjoyable home. But a lot of that comes out of, I'm not going to parent out of fear. I'm going to parent out of connection. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of boundaries. Nobody's going crazy. There's nobody's mm-hmm. living in their emotions or their feelings. We make space for them, but they do not rule the house. So there is a difference. Hey, hey, this podcast is brought to you by my free masterclass, How to Kickstart Your Etsy Shop. Do you have goals for your Etsy shop that aren't quite happening yet? Whether you're an Etsy hobbyist or have dreams for a full-time, replace-your-day-job kind of business, there's definitely a learning curve to figuring out your own Etsy secret sauce. (laughs) And I totally want to help you connect those dots and crack the Etsy code even faster. So... I went ahead and made a free Etsy masterclass for you to start learning some of the critical pieces of the Etsy puzzle that will help you start getting those sales. My How to Kickstart Your Etsy Shop free masterclass will give you massive insights that will make your Etsy challenges feel like an old memory. I'm teaching you two myths that will hold you back if you buy in, two huge mistakes that most new sellers make, and three skills to master to become successful on Etsy. I can't wait to hear your quick wins that come out of this, you guys. You can grab it today. It's available on demand at howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash masterclass. That's howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash masterclass. I will see you there. 
make such a good point because like you, you get on TikTok these days and everyone's talking about, not everyone, I know I shouldn't use that word, but you see a lot of people talking about how they've cut their parents out and they're calling them narcissist or sociopath or whatever it is, um, or they're just saying it was unhealthy mm-hmm. and that the parents won't change or adjust. And like, I was talking, my parents are in their mid seventies. I was telling them about this. I'm just like, this is like what's happening. And they're so offended by the idea. And I think, you know, in previous generations, there was this like responsibility that you just put up with family because they're family. And we're seeing that gone. So like genuinely, when my daughter is grown, it's all going to be about, does she choose to be in relationship with me or not? Like it's, it's very real. And I don't know, I could be a whole other podcast to talk about why that shifted from, you know what I mean? Like we stay in each other's lives to I felt like you had like a thing you were going to say right there. And I was like, yeah, I I want to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just somewhere and I spoke to a crowd of about 400 people that were mostly Gen Z and millennials. And I said, you know, most of the clients I work with are your parents. I said, you want to know why I work with them? I said, it's because you don't actually know the difference between a boundary and punishment. And, And the truth is that you're hurt and you're scared because of what you were brought up with, which is legitimate. But the difference between boundary and a pun- and punishment is that one carries hope, the other doesn't. And so, you know, I'm, a, I'm talking to a, a bunch of Christian Gen Zs and millennials. So, you know, they're supposed to live in forgiveness and, and carry hope. And I think that that's what most people should do overall. But that's the, that's the hard part is when I came from a really toxic home that did use fear and punishment and control. I don't ever want to go back there. So I think by just cutting you off solves the problem. But the reality is that, you know, your mom's still your mom, your dad's still your dad. And when you have children, you know, to remove that whole aspect from your life, it's not just you that suffers. It's, it's your yeah. kids. It's the legacy that moves forward. And so it's so much better to go in and go, all right, my parents were crazy, super controlling, super manipulative. I have children now. I don't want to repeat that, but I don't want to punish them. So what do I do? And this is where I love working with people of, well, let's help you create some better language of communicating and see what they do with it. Like, let's lean in with hope. Let's lean in with, can they figure it out? Because it is their part to figure out. But we have also have to position ourselves where I have to have the maturity and put my emotions down to be able to think. Because that's the hard part. It's like when, when we're in this place of I've got so much pain yes. from here, I can't even think straight. Yes. So... I love working with people that are, are like, let's try, let's exhaust this option with hope. And if we can't figure it out at the end of the day and they will not own their junk and they will that's not mm-hmm. adjust, then that's different. I walk away going, I gave everything I had yeah. in hopes that you got to be a grandma in my child's life and Ugh. you made the decision not to adjust. But I, I leave differently. I leave without any form of regret. I, I get to then have this conscience of, okay, I did all that I could to change what I was given and invite something different. And you didn't, you didn't choose that with me. And that's okay. But there's just a different piece that comes when you exhaust all those options rather than I just cut you off because I'm so scared. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they just, I'll cut you off because I'm scared and I can't actually, I don't have the tools to talk to you. And I get so jacked up with emotions when we do talk that I, I lose all the tools I had anyways, you know? So I, I, I do love helping people 
see if we can find some hope. And I, Ben and I have the same, we meet with couples, um, regardless of what it is, marriage, parenting, family members, or personal growth, is we say, you bring the problem and we'll bring the hope and let's see if we can find a solution. And um, and I think that's just what we're really good at. Is, is oh, that. a bajillion percent. Um, I think what people don't realize when we say, like, I know I stepped into it and I adore my parents. We actually have a great relationship and they're still very much them and I'm very different and that it's, it's interesting. I'm for sure the weird one in the family. Um, but like when I decided I want to change how the generations go, I didn't realize it was going to take two sides. It was going to take how I parent and like manage me there, but also how I be their daughter <laughs> and manage them there. And not, I'm not that I'm controlling them, but, and I have to sometimes like, I, you know, sometimes little Lizzie comes out and I'm telling myself, they can't control you. They can't control you. They can't control you. You get to make this choice, you know, and I'm literally like momming myself through the moment, you know? Totally. You are. And then that's the maturity of self-awareness is like, okay, I'm not a powerless victim. Yeah. I am a mature adult that has gathered tools to this moment. And I can still lead in honor. I can still lead in respect. And I can still set a boundary, even though you're my mother. Okay, I can do this. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many conversations I've had in the bathroom. Brittany, okay, <laughs> go out there. And what did you say you were going to do? You know, and and not being afraid of it. And I think this is the hard part is it, you know, I think there's two extremes of adult children is I just default to completely being a child all over again. And I end up where I don't want to be, or I just go screw this and be the rebellious child that I always wanted to be, you know, and neither one of those are actually working. So we've got to learn how to be assertive. We got to learn how to remain in honor because honor is something that we give. It doesn't always mean that it's it's something that's deserved. Um, And that's the beauty of, you know, we get to decide that if who we're going to honor and who we're going to respect. That's all. It's all our own thing. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to say, no matter where we land on everything, if we're going to say love wins, then love needs to win. So how can I sacrificially love my parents and still protect my own boundaries? I think, it, I think it's so cool. I, the work you do, like if only I had the capacity, you, I think it's so cool. <laughs> um, I love it. You brought so yeah. much peace to our home. Like when my daughter, well, starting with like the resources, I remember my daughter was two and just all of a sudden, maybe it was three, three nature, all of a sudden everything went to you know what, in a mm-hmm. handbasket. And it was just like, it probably took about three weeks. My husband thought it wasn't working when we started applying the the stuff that you guys teach. And because everything got worse for a little bit. And so I always tell people, I'm like, uh-huh. it's going to get worse before it gets better, but just stand your ground. And I said, what will get better yeah. is you will know exactly, because the worst part about parenting is when you don't know how to respond to something. So if you already have a plan of how you're going to respond to it, it takes so much of it out. And then the other thing I say all the time, which I'm sure I got from you, is if you are, if you're very frustrated, you've waited too long to set a boundary. So if you notice yourself, you're getting really oh, yeah. amped, you should have set a boundary about five minutes ago, minimum. And like, that's kind Mm -hmm. of where we, so it revolutionized our household. And now we're kind of getting to redo. Like I thought I was in the clear and then my kid hit eight and I'm like, whoa, I know nothing, which is why we spent so much time together. But let's, let's like chat with like the, everyone here is an entrepreneur. They're all in some capacity running their own business. They may be just starting and wondering how they're going to juggle it with their kids. There may be part-time and it's like, or it could be full-time and pulling on the family. We've got people all across the board, but there's some common 
things that come up a lot that I wanted to have you talk about. Oh, and gosh, I've got to decide which one I want to go with because we could go, (laughs) we could do a series. We could do a series. Um, Do all the fun. I know. I mean, maybe, maybe like the capacity and the shame part of it, like parents feel like they know, they know they need like, let's say a side hustle, either a because mm-hmm. they need more income. They just do in this economy and, or like mm-hmm. it could be both. They need their own thing. Like for me, I love being home with my kids full time, but if I wasn't running a business, I'd be going yeah. crazy. Like mm-hmm. I would not be a good mommy. I have to be, I have to have the mind candy. I have to have the achievement just like you. So it's the balance of it. And I'd love your thoughts on how we can not feel guilty all the time about like, I have to go do this work and our kids are, you know, we're, they're right there. They're mad. They want our attention, all of that. I'm so I'm just going to be quiet. What do you think about that? those issues? Yeah. I, I mean, first off, I, I've done, I've pretty much worked every time I had a baby, every time oh. I had a kid, I had a baby and then I, I found jobs before I kind of started helping build Loving on Purpose. I found jobs I could bring my kids with me until they, they I couldn't, you know? So I, there were meetings where this baby was strapped on me and I am, I was an event coordinator for a long time. So I was running an event with a baby strapped on, or I was planning the event with the baby strapped on, or I was on phone calls in my office with baby on playmat. So I, I prioritized having a job that would let me accommodate those really young um, tiny little seasons, you know, cause they're you only yeah. three months, four months, six months for so long. So until they started moving and I was like, all right, this ain't going to work anymore. That's when I would usually hire someone in house. Cause I love the idea of them being in my home rather than in a daycare. Um, so I, I, I worked really hard to make that happen. And, and then I would tell my boss, my job has to be able to do something at home. So I, I really split my hours. So I wasn't always all like nine to five job type of a thing because I'm like, this is a priority. So I fought to find jobs and I just made myself so valuable that they had to say yes. And I think that's your work (laughs) ethic. That's your attitude. Um, You know, that's your skill level of what you get creative in and learning things that are just the extra cream on the, on the, on the top for a a company that you're working for. Um, And then transition, you know, I think probably the hardest season I ever had with mom guilt and exhaustion and burning at both ends was when COVID hit and everybody decided to homeschool their kids because I wasn't homeschooling my kids and they were all in school age kids. And I started a side hustle and I worked for the ministry kind of transitioning, doing more and more, starting my book, starting the podcast that we film every week. Um, And then I had to homeschool my son who was in, in third grade and I had to leave to the office because I had changed my schedule. Like it wasn't that they were strapped on me anymore. So all of a sudden I'm going into the office and doing all these things. So all of my time felt consumed and it's like everything was suffering. Everything got the bottom of the barrel because I didn't have enough to fill up anything before the next thing needed my attention. And I remember I actually slipped into depression and I was having these crazy thoughts of what if I just didn't come home? Maybe it would be easier. Maybe if I just, you know, my car hit this truck and I could go into a coma, I could sleep. I mean, it just, I literally started really struggling because I didn't do a good job taking good care of myself, which then meant I, nobody was being taken care of. And it, and 
So once I, I hit that wall, I actually went and told my husband, I said, I'm not okay. And he goes, I know you're not okay. I said, I don't know what to do because I'm not okay. And we had this conversation and he goes, what's the most important thing to you? I said, the most important thing to me is our family. He goes, okay, let's work from there. So I think that's probably step number one is, is find what's the most important thing. Because if you don't feel like you can protect the most important thing, then you feel like you're failing, which is this horrible feeling, especially for somebody that's trying to achieve and, and has drive and wants to do all these things. But so, I, I mean, I would leave Lincoln with his multiplication chart and be like, okay, um, best of luck. I'll be back in four hours. And if it's not done, that's okay. And maybe we'll read today. Maybe we won't. I'm like, I hope, I hope you're smart. If not, I blame myself. You know, that's how I felt <laughs> as a homeschool mom. And, you know, I know, I know not everyone on here listening is, is a Christian, but I think for me, that was a big moment was I actually just had to give it away. And the place that I give it away is to the Lord. And once that happened, I did feel peace and, okay, here's the priority. First is the kids. Next is our income. Like we have to still create an income. So what, what out of the three jobs I was having, what could I give away or what could I adjust? I remember I, I put the side hustle down and I reduced my hours in the office so that we could sit, keep our, our income, what we had to have it. Because I needed to gain back success with the kids because, again, they were the biggest priority in my life. And I, I just felt like I was failing them. So once I, I got success there, I gave it away to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, I just had this shift because I started winning again. And, and something changes when you start winning. You're like, okay, all right, I'm not crazy. I am good at this. I can't do that. But to win... You kind of some you had to stop playing all the games. You had to refocus on what you're actually really great at and just stay in that lane. And yeah. and then, you know, you it's it's kind of like I think everybody has to have a crash and burn to some degree to learn, oh, I don't need those other things. I actually just want to win in these two areas. And so that's what I did. I I went back to my kids. I went back to mostly just being a mom and bare minimum for work stuff and paying the bills and, you know, not doing all the other things that I wanted to do. And then all of a sudden I was like, I, I'm great at this. I am so good at this. I can do this and I can work and be a great mom. I just can't do those things and nine other things. That was foolish, Brittany. And so then I had to find, um, I, we, we went to work on finding things that helped support what I needed to keep winning and it was almost kind of a shock to the system in the best way because it made me reprioritize what needed to be for second and third place in in my life. And um, and because of that, I would say that, you know, I, I had to give up a dream for a short season, which, you know, I've been dreaming of taking over my dad's company since I think I was like 18. <laughs> and I set that dream down. Because I was like, I can't do that well if I can't do my family well. Because that's the whole, the whole company is centered around family. And it's not worth my ambition to sacrifice these kids. And so I remember really that that was part of the dream I put down and having a conversation with them. Like, I know I'm your, like, your plan for exit, but you're going to have to hold on because <laughs> I cannot do it. And um, so I, I think that was the, the hardest part is you know, I, being honest with myself, that's step number one. I think that's the biggest thing is I had to be really honest with myself and then I had to get help. 
I had to ask for help and not be afraid of anyone else seeing the thoughts in my head because I was, I was getting dangerous. And then I had to go back to what's the priority and work from there. You know, I think Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. I almost did that. Like I just went back to the end. Mm -hmm. Like what, what do I want to say that my life is, was given to my family, number one. And, and that's what I did. I went back to that and I don't, I, you know, my side hustle, I dwindled it because it wasn't actually my passion. It was a distraction, but it felt good because the money felt good. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know that happiness is in money. Happiness is in so many other avenues. So I don't need that one, but I do love helping people. So I can't let go of this one. And I do love my family more than anything. So I won't let go of this one. So I think it just was really a matter of refocusing instead of trying to do it all. Cause I think there's just so many distractions. And if you do it all and then the mom guilt, you know, once I started w- winning over here, it, it gets quiet. If I listen to the truth, which is these kids adore me. I am the best mom they will ever have. No one on the freaking planet will love them. Like I will. No one is going to have as much grace for them. Even though they keep me up all night, I would die for them in a second the next morning, even if I've had no sleep. I mean, if I get to experience those wins, I, I really just gain the confidence to, to keep going and to keep chasing after the things that make me better, that help them be better. So that's kind of my season of mom guilt and, and going through it and probably the worst season I ever had, which wasn't very long ago. That was like mm-hmm. 21. So I didn't even know about not, that somehow. Mm-mm. Yeah, we are, we're not far off that boat, but I'm killing it. I'm doing awesome. I wrote a book and my kids love me. The only endorsements I had for my book is my kids because I thought if they won't endorse my book, why write a parenting book? So that was the I'm coolest really thing though. That was the coolest yeah. thing. If you guys haven't jumped onto the Everbee bandwagon yet, this is your sign to check it out ASAP. If you haven't heard of it before, Everbee is a free tool that can help you find trends, products, and niches that are hot sellers on Etsy right now. I personally use it in tandem with Sales Samurai because they do totally different things. And I literally don't think I could compete in the current Etsy marketplace today without it or help you guys as effectively. Um, Everbee gives me so much information that I can't glean just from studying Etsy. All you need is a laptop or desktop. You can't do it on your phone, so you do need a laptop or whatever. A Google Chrome browser, a quick install of the Everbee extension. And for my tech challenge friends, I promise you it's super simple. And then you will gain access to a whole new world of data about your niche and competitors. So this is a tool I use every single day Um, for my own Etsy shop research, for coaching calls that I do with you guys all the time, for shop reviews I do for you guys all the time. And just as I work on growing my personal mastery of Etsy, these tools have, have become so instrumental in getting the results that I do. And I, I mean, I can still use my old school tactics. I still use them, but I... I don't use them alone anymore because it's just, it's a whole different ball game. So these guys have just been a game changer for me. I use Everbee to learn everything about bestsellers and high performing listings. It shows me, okay, I'm going to give you a rundown. It shows me how many sales a shop makes from each listing. I can see how many they've sold of it, how much money that listing has made them or is earning them every month, how old the listing is, like how, how early did they get on on that, on that trend, what their tags are and how competitive those tags are. It gives me an at-a-glance view of all the shop data, um, which sometimes I can't otherwise find, and like the competitor listing data that I need to help my students and myself find ways to penetrate the market. 
So like I said before, Etsy has a totally free version, like not just a free trial. There is a free version so everyone can get access to it. Download Down in the show notes, I have a link to their site for you so you can um, check it out. And I also included a quick YouTube tutorial to show you exactly how I use it because sometimes like the barrier to entry is trying to figure out new technology. So I got you. Just go watch. It's a quick video. It'll show you how to navigate it. So if you don't have it yet, get Everbe. Jump on that today. I'm so excited for you to get this edge on the market. You're going to love it. It's a game changer. Okay. One little like practical thing on that because there was so like, it wasn't, that was so, there was so much there. Like it's really about connection and you can do whatever you need to on the side. If you've got the healthy connection, get the house in order first. There's the boiling it down to, are you doing 20,000 different things? That's probably why you're feeling stretched. Let's get really serious and, and specific about what we should be focusing on. So much there. In a moment where like your kids are pulling on you and you need to go do this thing, what is like the healthy th- healthy way you handle it? What do you say to them to be able to step away and do the thing and to their needs? Like how do you, what are the words you use to take care of yourself and what you need to do? Well, I would really make sure that your words mean something to your family, because mm-hmm. if you say, um, I'll be there in just a minute, and then you never are, they won't <laughs> ever believe you. Yeah. So um, if you say mommy's all done wor- working, and then you work while you're supposed to be watching Sesame Street with them, they don't believe you. So you've yeah. got to create real That's boundaries true. for when you say you're on and when you say you're off. So if you say that you are mommy's got to finish this thing and then I'll come be with you. But being with you, I'm still over here. Then there's, there's no truth to your words. So there's no grace that they will lend you because they don't believe that they're a priority like you say they are. So I think that's the, that's probably the biggest piece for me is regardless of what I've say, it normally is I've got three meetings and then I, we will play in the pool. I am all yours for the next two hours. And then mommy's got to do some emails. But if, if me being in the pool is sitting at the pool with my phone, mm-hmm, good job. I love that. Mm-hmm, great. Uh-huh. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> then then you, you're, you're sabotaging this relationship. And, and so, you know, the, the amazing thing about kids is that they are so resilient and they are so trusting and they are so forgiving. So if we do a really good job of nurturing what we say we're going to do and, and we we, they see that that boundary is real, that they trust us. But if they don't, then you're, they're probably going to continue to violate and violate and violate anything that you ask from them because they don't believe you. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, hey, I, I, I'll be right out. Mommy's got two things. Do you want to set a timer? Do you want me to set a timer? Okay, I, I need 15 minutes. Let's set the timer. All right, you ready? Let's run. You go think about what we're going to do. It depends on how old they are. I mean, you could make it a whole game. You know, when they were littler and we were at, at the house and I'd have to homeschool and this and that, I did. I'd set a timer for 10 minutes and we would do school and then I would do 10 minutes of work. And they loved letting Alexa know that we had to set this timer. And that's how I did it. And when I was there with them in school, I wasn't on my phone. I intentionally left it away from me. So I did not have the trigger of check this thing, you know? And so that's, that's what I would say is say what you're going to do and follow through with it. Make your words mean something. Um, Truth Because your kids aren't stupid. You told, no, like, I mean, I knew it was going to be a good answer and I'm I'm just over here like, wow, I've been a little bad about that lately. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) really, really good. Brittany, thank you so much. Like, honestly, I'm very sad because this could be a series and there are so many things we could talk about. Um, But I, 
adore you and your family and you have every ounce of respect I can give. Um, you have completely changed our family and, and continue to do so. Will you please tell everybody where they, the best place for you that they can get your book, um, Imperfect Parenting, mm-hmm. Connection Over Perfection by Brittany Serple, which will have all of this in the show notes. And then where are the best places to follow you and keep up? Yeah, so Amazon, it's easy okay. to get it there. Everybody loves Amazon, especially if you got Prime. So I'm not about to make you pay for shipping. Only ask I have is if you love the book, then tell the people you love the book. That always helps me. I love a good review. Um, I think Instagram is probably where I'm most active. So if you're looking for um, engagement there, Instagram is probably the best place to find me, Brittany Circle. You just got to spell my name right. Otherwise, you'll be wandering. I do tell people, think of Britney Spears. Just add an extra T because I'll probably have another T-shirt on more than she does. So that's kind of how you spell it. And it's not circle with a C. It's circle rhymes with purple. You know, it's a whole deal. I made my name as complicated as possible, but it's all right. I married Silk was way easier, but then I married. So the joke is that I'm BS for life. BS squared because I was BS before and I'm just continuing to be BS. Um but yeah, so Instagram's the best place. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I don't have Pinterest page. My daughter does, and she's got more followers than I have, so maybe you can follow her. Um, but, but we have, I do a lot of parenting stuff on my Instagram page. I do actually a lot of yeah. videos with my daughter, who's 14, and it's pretty funny because we interact with each other and do parenting scenarios of what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, they're my favorite. And I love then them. I, yeah, they're pretty funny. So that's the best place. If you want uh, coaching from me or me and my husband, we love meeting with people, lovingonpurpose.com, and you'll just look for family coaching, and we help any and everybody that's looking for help. That's what we like to I do. I will make sure and so. link that. Like, the family coaching has been huge for us. My husband also adores your husband, um, so that's great. Like, yeah. we had different folks help us with marriage just because we didn't know you guys yet, but you guys do amazing marriage work. And then um, I will I will link everything so no one's got to panic or don't crash your car trying to get any of this. And then um, <laughs> the the Academy, the Loving on Purpose Academy. That's what oh, yeah. it's called, right? right? Yeah, there the are- Life Academy. The Life Academy. I will link that as well. The courses in there are so helpful because they get really specific to each. Like they've got everything. They've got if you've got had betrayal in your marriage, if you've any kind of parenting Mm -hmm. issue, any kind of leadership issue, business, personal life, family. There are so there's so many resources. And then um, Mm -hmm. actually, my therapist, Dr. Margaret Nagib, was also on there for um, overcoming Mm -hmm. overwhelm. So that's another one. She's coming on the podcast Mm -hmm. later in the year. So there's so much there. I will link all of it, but Brittany, you are a treasure. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing with us. Well, thanks for having me. And I forgot our podcast too. You could link that in there. We've got two different ones that we're, that we do every week. So that's another, you could get more of this crazy if you'd like. The, um, I love the loving on purpose podcast, but also the imperfect parenting one has been so much fun to listen to. Man, there's, yeah, see, you have so, you're so prolific. It has been so much fun. Just have stuff. You have so much stuff, but it's very practical because you, someone can just say, well, connect with your kids, fine, but like, show me how, and that's what you do so well. Mm-hmm. So here I am rattling off, but there's so much, I will link all of it. And um, gosh, maybe we can talk you into coming back next year. Let me know. I'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I adore each and every one of you. And until next week, go make something awesome. Have a great day, y'all. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. 
If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.